even in the midst of the chaos and even in the midst of our, you know, failed expectations, we still have hope in Christ and who he is and what he came to do. Hey friends, welcome to the Hope and Help Project, the podcast that cultivates compassionate biblical conversations about life's challenging problems. I'm your host, Christine Chapel, and I'm so glad you're here to join in on today's conversation with author Christina Fox. Today we'll be discussing Christina's new book, Sufficient Hope, Gospel Meditations and Prayers for Moms. This conversation is going to press deep into the struggles mothers face on a daily basis and will help us unpack why the hope of the gospel is sufficient for moms in every season of life. If this is your first time listening to the show, be sure to learn more about the Hope and Help Project by visiting faithfulsparrow.com forward slash project. The link is posted in the show description, and by visiting that page, you can learn all about the mission of the podcast. Before we get started, let me introduce Christina. She writes for a number of Christian ministries and publications, including the Gospel Coalition, Revive Our Hearts, Desiring God, Alliance of Confessing Evangelicals, and Ligonier Ministries. She is the content editor for the PCA's Women's Ministry blog, Encourage, and is a member of the PCA's National Women's Ministry team. In addition to Sufficient Hope, Christina is the author of A Heart Set Free, A Journey to Hope Through the Psalms of Lament, Closer Than a Sister, How Union with Christ Helps Friendships to Flourish, and Idols of a Mother's Heart. She lives in Atlanta with her husband and two boys. Thanks so much for being on the show today with us, Christina. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. I want to get right into today's conversation. I wondered if you could share a little bit about your story. When I was reading your book, Sufficient Hope, I noticed that you started by explaining a little bit about your reluctant struggle with postpartum depression. Why do you think it was so hard for you to accept that depression had entered into your motherhood experience? Well, depression is and can be a sneaky thing kind of creeps up on us sometimes. It's hard for the person experiencing it to actually see it for what it is. I mean, we might know that something's not quite right, but it's kind of hard to identify that's what it is. It's kind of like walking through life in a fog. I used to live on top of a mountain where the fog would settle in for a month at a time. You couldn't see, but just a few feet in front of you. So the fog kind of hides what's there. And I don't know, in a way, depression kind of blocks our view of things. Um, So I think that was part of the reason I thought it was something else. Um, I thought I was stressed or I was tired. Uh, I thought maybe I was just overwhelmed with motherhood or whatever. Like I thought there was all these other things going on instead of that. And that's really why community in the body of Christ is so important that we need other people who are kind of walking through the fog with us who can say, hey, uh, watch out there. So the Lord uh, did use people in my life to help me through that. Um, and it was, I'm very grateful for it. Yeah, I can definitely understand that experience to some degree, just not really recognizing it when it starts to settle. And I think, you know, disappointment in failed expectations in motherhood 
can sometimes play into aspects of depression. And they're not really topics that we prepare ourselves to face when we are in our pregnancy period. I think to some degree, it's almost impossible to fully prepare oneself for the spectrum of challenges and griefs we will experience in life, you know, let alone in motherhood. So why do you believe it's important for moms of all ages to keep their expectations in check as they navigate the call to parent? Well, expectations frame things for us. Um, if we expect things to be a certain way and for some reason they fail to deliver, um, we can be thrown. Um, you know, I think we can all relate to that with whether it's what we expected out of a job or out of a relationship. And we tend to have maybe higher expectations that are realistic about a lot of things, about ourselves, about others. So as moms, we definitely need to uh, have in our minds just a clear understanding of the fall and its effects on us, on the world, and on our children. We really shouldn't be surprised when we face difficulties in our motherhood or when things break or when our kids don't respond the way that we want them to. When we know that the world has fallen and that everything is impacted by sin, that's, that's our starting point that keeps us having a a realistic understanding of, of what to expect. But then we also know that that's not the end of the story. Christ came to bring redemption and healing. So even in the midst of the chaos and even in the midst of our, you know, failed expectations, we still have hope in Christ and who he is and what he came to do. So when motherhood isn't what we expected, uh, we can remember why things aren't going the way that we expect Absolutely. And I think, you know, from my experience, especially recently, one of the unexpected problems that my family had to deal with was walking our child, our, our teenage daughter, through a period of significant illness and recovery. And at first, it really did catch us by surprise. And so I think what you're saying is really keeping that eternal view and, you know, that broader view of our condition and that people get sick and people do bad things and people, you know, have good intentions, but maybe the effects aren't always positive. So keeping that perspective is definitely important. And especially in situations like with my daughter, I have often felt helpless in my ability to give her answers, to be honest with you. When our kids are suffering, they want to know, mommy, why hasn't this stopped? Why won't the pain go away? You know, why have none of the treatments helped me yet? And it's an awful place to be as a mother. Would you talk a bit about how we can turn to Jesus in those hard moments of helplessness? What hope does Christ offer us in those desperate places? I know that we can all identify with that feeling of helplessness um, as moms, uh, whether it's something that we're going through personally or something that we're watching someone else go through, as you did with your daughter. The gospel tells us that God cared so much about the suffering we experience as a result of the fall that he sent his own son to suffer and die on the cross to pay the penalty due for our sin. I love what Paul wrote in Romans 8.32, he said, He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? God's faithfulness for us in sending his son is evidence of his love for us. Because he went to such great lengths and depths to rescue us, we can be confident that he is with us in whatever other circumstance that we're going through. And we know that 
he is with us in our helplessness. We can know that he is redeeming those moments, uh, that he is using them for good and for his glory. And ultimately we know that one day all things will be made right again in glory. And we can look forward to that day. For me, a natural response to life's surprises in motherhood is usually a default setting of trying to seek control. And so to try to control the situation, you know, talking about my daughter, you know, what doctor can we get her to? Who, what tests can we do? You know, what can we figure out to try to get control of the situation? And so I wonder, you know, to what degree does our desire for control manifest itself in motherhood? Do you think that our efforts to be sovereign over our children's lives has anything to do with some of the anxieties and sorrows and perhaps even failed expectations we so often experience? For sure. Really, we're, we're just like our first parents who wanted to rule their own kingdoms. We want to know what's going to happen before it does. We want everything to work out according to our plan. And we all attempt to orchestrate our lives so that they run the way that makes us most comfortable. I think we can all see ways in which uh, desire for control manifests itself in our lives from maybe small things like when our child won't go to bed when they're supposed to and that you know that interferes with our plans and we respond in irritation or maybe our desires for our children to succeed and measure up to other children and how we feel when they don't to even bigger things like how we worry about their health or how we respond to their sin. Motherhood is an excellent lesson in remembering that God is sovereign over all things and we are not. Learning to rest in that truth and actually find joy in it brings a certain measure of peace. It may not take away all the worries or sorrows, but it gives us hope in the midst of them. There's actually a chapter in your book that really touched my heart, and you point out some of the what-ifs that we encounter as moms, and I think this also really ties into the element of wanting to control our environments or our households or even our children's lives. You know, what-if questions aren't actually based on any real evidence that we, you know, have about what's going to happen in the future. So how can moms who are tempted to constant worry actually train themselves to assume positions of surrender and submission to Christ instead of constantly mulling over the concerns that really aren't even in their circle of responsibility to manage. I don't know about you, but I have a mommy brain mm -hmm. since having kids where I forget maybe why I walked into a room. Um, I find myself writing notes to remind myself of what I need to do because otherwise I forget. I'm also easily distracted since becoming a mom. I'm pulled in multiple directions and I just have difficulty focusing on what's most important. And I think this is true in our thought life that we're both forgetful and easily distracted. Uh, and so it's important that we are intentional with our thoughts, that we remind ourselves of what is true. Uh, we also need to kind of rein ourselves in when we wander down those rabbit trails with our thoughts. And this is what the psalmist did. And uh, something I've learned from the Psalms is to confront our thoughts with true thoughts, to preach the gospel to ourselves. And sometimes that's just a moment by moment thing in motherhood. To catch ourselves when we find ourselves mulling over all those what ifs. And instead turning our thoughts to focus on who Christ is for us. It's really a spiritual discipline. Well, you just mentioned mom brain, which makes me feel better about 
my mom brain because I thought I was having a memory problem, like a legit medical issue. <laughs> but um, but yeah, it, it is definitely a real thing and a real struggle. But let's talk about mom guilt now because I know that that is also a very real struggle. Sin and motherhood is a guarantee because we are sinners and we are raising little sinners. But at the same time in Christ, we are sinner and saint. And so there is hope, there is grace and mercy to be found daily through Jesus. Why do you think then we are so prone to beat ourselves up with self-condemnation over our failures instead of handling our shortcomings and trespasses in the way scripture tells us to? Why are we so prone to ignore or even reject God's grace for our sins? I think that it kind of goes back to that desire for control that we've talked about, that same desire that Adam and Eve had to be their own sovereign rulers. We, we think we can do life on our own apart from God. What we need is an accurate understanding of how desperate our fallen nature is and how dependent we are on God's grace for all things. When we understand that, we're more open to receiving it and to leaning on it. And this is really what happens in the process of sanctification. It's that gradual letting go of our hold on doing life on our own and increasingly learning to yield to the grace of God at work in us. It takes time. It's a process. Um, but as we grow and mature in our faith, we see you know, more of it. I think um, Paul's a great example of that. The Apostle Paul, you know, he, in the beginning of his letters, talked about how he was the least of the disciples. And then later on, you see him describing himself as the chief of sinners. It's not that he became more of a sinner throughout that process. It's just that he came to know God more. And as he knew more of who God is and his holiness and his justice and his mercy and his grace, and saw himself in contrast to that, he realized more and more of how much he needed God's grace um, in Christ. And that's you know, I think something that we all have to experience as well. It's almost as if, you know, during that time that Paul really came to know and be secure in his identity in Christ. And so having that confidence to know who God is, but also who am I in relation to God through Christ, to have that confidence to know, yes, I am the greatest of sinners, but who can save me from this wretched body of sin is Jesus Christ. That's what he came to do. And I think in motherhood, identity plays such a big role in our daily lives. Our identity in Christ is not always the default that pops into our head, especially when we're stressed or dealing with a problem or even just, you know, the kids are acting up and not being good listeners. And especially too, I think in today's social media culture, moms will often struggle with the sense that they need to be someone or do something in order to be valued and appreciated. Maybe they want or feel like they need to achieve something in order to find satisfaction, self-approval, or peer praise. What do you think is at the heart of these discontented longings, and how does our identity in Christ satisfy our need for approval and acceptance? I agree. I think purpose and identity are things that we're all looking for. It's part of the human condition uh, since Adam and Eve and exited from the garden. It's it's that big question that philosophers are always exploring that who am I and why am I here? We search for purpose and meaning in life so that we can say, I am a fill in the blank, whatever that is. The scripture gives us the answer that we're looking for. It tells us that we were created as image bearers to worship and enjoy our maker. 
on this side of the fall and redemption, we can look to Christ who through his blood shed on the cross for our sins is remaking us into the image bearers that we were made to be. In Christ, we're new creations. In Christ, we glorify God with our lives. When we're united to Christ through faith, God looks at us and sees all that Christ has done in his perfect life lived for us. We're loved and accepted by the God of the universe. This is true freedom. This is true identity. This is true meaning and purpose. And as believers, as we live that out, we find, we find who, we're, who we're meant to be. And I really think, you know, everything that you just mentioned is really a key to finding contentment in Christ. And that sounds great. You know, me saying it, it sounds like, yeah, I want to have that. But I think, too, sometimes that concept of finding contentment in Christ can sound like one of those high and lofty theological slogans that sounds sweet, but is difficult to connect to real world challenges. And there may be mothers listening who would like to find contentment in Christ, but really have no idea how that concept actually gets put into practice in daily living. So would you explain, you know, first, what does our discontent sometimes look like in motherhood? And then maybe follow that up with what contentment in Christ actually can look like in everyday motherhood? Well, discontentment, I think, often shows up in uh, our if-onlys. For example, if only my house were bigger, then we could invite people over and I wouldn't feel so lonely. If only my child would sleep through the night, then I'd be a better mom. If only we could have another child, then our marriage would get back on track. Or if only I had my pre-mom body back, then I'd feel better about myself and I wouldn't be so down all the time. Or if only my kids would listen, then I'd be a better mom. We, we all have these if-onlys. And those are, those are the things that we look to for hope. They, in essence, become our savior, who we think is going to rescue us from life. In biblical terms, they're actually our idols, what we worship apart from God. But the truth is none of those things can rescue us. How often do we get that that if only that we longed for, and then find out that we're still not satisfied. That's because we were made for something more, for someone more. Only God can meet all the needs of our heart. He is the source of our hope. And I do talk about this in depth in uh, my previous book, Idols of a Mother's Heart. And I'll be happy to link to that book in the show notes uh, for this particular episode. So we'll, we'll definitely get that out to the listeners as well. We've got time for a couple more questions. And so I want to ask you if you would offer the discouraged mom who is listening some practical action items she can put into play once she's done listening to this episode. So can you offer her some practical steps for attending to her spiritual needs during this season of discouragement? And then maybe some practical steps for attending to her physical needs as well? You know, because we spend so much time as moms giving to others and meeting others' needs, we often overlook our own. But just like they tell us to do on the airplane when you sit down in your seat and they give you all those emergency instructions, they say to give the oxygen mask to yourself first before helping someone next to you. Uh, we need to receive spiritual nourishment from Christ first before we can share it with others including our children. So that's why it's so important that we do meet our spiritual needs. But it's it's hard. It's, you know, motherhood's a crazy season of life. It's hard to have like set times maybe like we did before motherhood. So it's going to look different. 
than maybe it did before. Um, I quick, for me, I quickly learned that mornings in our family were crazy and chaotic, and I just couldn't count on finding a designated time slot for quiet time. Um, so what I, when my kids were young, I ended up just moving my quiet time, Bible study time to the evenings right after they went to bed. I did that for a number of years when they were younger. So I, I think we have to be open to trying different things. There's always pockets of time in our day when we can focus on the Lord. Uh, it may not be like a full hour that we might dream of having. It might just be a few minutes, but every moment is worth it. Uh, it might be just recalling and dwelling on a verse that we've memorized. It might be praying while we load the dishwasher. It might be listening to an audio version of the Bible because our hands are too busy. And the same is true for physical needs. We, you know, we have to make that a priority, make eating right, getting rest, exercise, because when we're physically healthy, then we're able to do the things we need to do as moms. Again, that too may look different than it did before motherhood, but we kind of have to experiment and find what works best. Those are really great suggestions, and I want to invite you to do something that we do on every episode of the Hope and Health Project. There may be someone listening to this episode who currently struggles with discouragement in their motherhood, maybe even depression, and maybe they have drifted across the center divide from helplessness over to hopelessness. Maybe they feel ashamed that they're struggling so severely, perhaps wondering why they can't seem to feel joyful, hopeful, or even thankful as of late. What would you say to that mother to give her the courage to cry out to God and to trust Christ as her all-sufficient hope? Well, I would say, dear friend, I know that hard place that you're in. It's dark and it's hard to find a way out. When discouragement gets so heavy that you feel depressed, there is no shame in asking for help. We're not just spiritual beings, we're also physical beings. And as such, we experience physical symptoms with depression that often requires not just spiritual help, but also medical help. So if you're in a place like that, please. Talk to your doctor about how you're feeling. Even Elijah in the Bible, when he was depressed, needed his physical needs attended to. Secondly, remember that Christ is your all-sufficient hope. What this means is it's not dependent upon how much joy you have or how hopeful you are or how thankful you are. He is for you all that you can't be. It's not how strong of a grip you have on him. It's how strong of a grip he has on you. Scripture makes clear that there is no one or nothing in all creation that can separate you from him. So know that no matter how it feels right now, the spirit is at work in you and he will never cease his work in you. And lastly, I would suggest to you that you read through the Psalms. They reflect everything that is going on in our hearts. And they put to word things that we often can't put words to ourselves. Read the Psalms and find Jesus in there. As you'll see, God uses the Psalms to help us learn how to cry out to him. And I have to put in a little plug because my first book was called A Heart Set Free and it was on learning the way of lament. And I highly recommend the Psalms and, and crying out to God uh, through them. Well, Christina, I want to give you the opportunity to share with the audience if they want to learn more about your writing ministry and your books and just everything that you're doing, where can they find you? Well, my website is christinafox.com. Um, I have a Facebook page, which is Christina Fox Author. 
I'm on Twitter at uh, Christina R. Fox and on Instagram the same. Very good. Well, I will be sure to include links to all of those profiles on the show notes. You can click the link in the description of this episode to check out all of those links as well as Christina's resources and books. Thanks again so much, Christina, for sharing a bit of your heart for moms and for all of the wisdom that you put together in this new book that you've released called Sufficient Hope. I really encourage the listeners to check it out. And if you know someone, a mother who is struggling in her motherhood right now, and she could use the encouragement, you know, share this episode with her, but also share Christina's book because it is uh, very easy to read. The chapters are short. They're like little pick-me-ups that all of us moms need on a daily basis, like I mentioned. So thank you so much, Christina, for sharing sharing your heart and also your wisdom today. Thanks so much for having me. Okay, so Christina has been generous enough to offer a copy of her new book, Sufficient Hope, to the listeners of the Hope and Help Project. Yay! The giveaway is running right now, so go enter yourself. It's running from today, June 10th, through June 14th at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So to enter, visit me on Instagram. My account is at Christine M chapel. The info will also be on the show notes page. Take my word for it. You don't want to miss this one. Go to my Instagram page, find the giveaway post graphic, and get entered to win. Before we let you go, I'd like to remind you to visit faithfulsparrow.com forward slash project. There you can check out the show notes from today's episode, complete with links to Christina's books and her website. If you enjoyed today's conversation, I would be so thankful if you left a review for this show on whatever podcast platform you're listening on. Be sure to subscribe to be notified when new weekly episodes release. Also, please don't keep the Hope and Help Project a secret. If you know someone who could be encouraged by listening to this episode, please do them a favor by sharing it. One more thing, if you're looking for gospel hope and help for life's challenging problems, visit faithfulsparrow.com forward slash email. I send my email subscribers weekly biblical counseling resources on rotating topics. From videos, audios, articles, and recommended reading, these emails are designed to equip you to discover gospel hope and help in your own life. Thanks so much for listening to today's show. Be sure to join us next time on the Hope and Help Project.